You're listening to the Hotard Huddle Podcast, presented by me, Michael Hotard. Check it out as we dive into sports, movies, music, TV, and more. This is the Hotard Huddle Podcast. Bring it in. It's time for another episode of the Hotard Huddle Podcast. Super excited about this particular episode. I'm on episode 19. Uh, This is the longest podcast I've had running in quite a few years, actually. So we're starting to pile up on the episodes. But the reason I'm excited is the guest today is without a doubt the longest standing friendship I have had in my lifetime. I've known this guy since I was four years old. And I'm super excited to have him on and uh, just kind of talk about some of the things he has going on. That's my good friend, uh, Mike Buddy. So, Mike, appreciate you coming on, man. And uh, I'm happy to have you on and get to shoot the shit a little bit, man. Yeah, you already know. I'm happy to be on. I'm so excited. Um, obviously, we have such a history. Um, and uh, I, yeah, I can't wait to get started. This is like a dream come true. We get to work together, you know? <laughs> Hell yeah, man! You know, one of our one of our dreams growing up was working together in a professional wrestling ring, but that didn't happen. But uh, no, man. So the reason I uh, I have uh, Buddy on, he uh, he he recently released a mixtape. Uh, one of the things that he has done, really, I would say within the last eight eight to ten years, roughly, um, you kind of dove into a lot of the art stuff. And really took a passion into, you were doing some psychedelic paintings, things like that. Uh, And then you started working. One of your passions has always been music. You've always used that as an outlet. And you created this mixtape, which I listened to. Um, And if you're interested, uh, he can give you all the details on it. But uh, just speaking from my experience listening to this mixtape, he constructed some beats uh, that were very much... Similar to a lot of Kid Cudi, um, like Man on the Moon soundtrack, it was very spacey, but very cool, like mellow vibe, um, and it was very enjoyable, I, I liked all of them, and fun fact uh, about Buddy, one of the cool parts about him being on this show is the liners that you hear in the beginning and end were actually beats that he designed specifically for my show to cater to what I was sort of looking for, so... Um, Give him the plug there. I really appreciate that. But, uh, you know, just starting this off, let's talk about music. What, you know, when did you start really developing that passion for music? Just because even from an early age, like I'm talking seven, eight years old, you always seem to have it. Like one of the experiences that I remember um, you and I listening to, you were a big fan of when we were kids was Green Day. Uh, American Idiot was one of the big albums that they came out with. And you kind of turned me on to that. Um, and I remember we, you went with my family and I to the Angola Prison Rodeo. And I just remember bumping that shit on the Walkman the whole way there and back. So you've always sort of had that, that taste for music. I mean, even going as far as to say you used to basically just make my mix CDs. I'd send you, hey, here's a list of songs. There's never a song you didn't really have, which was always great. But just kind of talk about where that passion started. Oh, man. So uh, my earliest memories of music uh, go back to me and my mom hanging out. And um, I remember listening to, uh, not, even, not, not, only, not only listening to, but uh, 
uh, reciting and like singing these words to my mom of like Casey and JoJo and like TLC. And um, even like, it even came down to like, um, we, we used to like sing every song that came on the radio, you know, even like every, every rap song, me, my mom's young, so she's kind of like, she, she knows music and she keeps up with music enough, you know, and like, uh, she, she and I, she, she really got me into music, at least like uh, being uh, aware, you know, I was super aware of music, just like you said, from an early age. Um, and even, uh, you know, I always knew of stuff before my peers did, you know, my, my classmates, would, you know, and I would all, and if I ever heard um, of something of, of theirs, I would always dig into it. I'd be like, okay, let's go home and like, let's find, like, I remember I used, used to watch um, uh, even like vi- music videos, right? Music videos. I mean, Mike, I don't know if you remember this, but like, I used to stay up long, long after you fell asleep on our sleepovers um, <laughs> and, and like watch MTV because I used to just soak in those music videos that they were just so interesting to me. And, like, not only am I getting, you know, um, audio um, uh, pleasure, but I'm getting that at visual reference too, you know? Well, what's cool about that is MTV, I mean, that was something you and I watched a lot back in the day in addition to, like, some of the great movies like Goonies and stuff like that. But, you know, MTV, you mentioned staying up late at night. I remember you were always up later than me. It was usually me the first to fall asleep. And for the record, when we say we had sleepovers, I mean, when if you want to boil it down, I wish we had a running count of them. But from the time we were four or five years old, it was literally every weekend, really until we got to high school. So, you know, you and I used to literally spend the entire weekends together. Whenever there was Thanksgiving, Christmas break, we used to just, you used to come to my house for a week at a time. Um, So it was, we were always close in close vicinity with one another. But, um, you know, talking about MTV, it's funny because I, I can't remember the exact name, but I know exactly what you're talking about. It was like music video late night because I remember they used to have MTV Wake Up, which I used to watch every morning flipping back and forth between that and Sports Center when I was growing up um, because, um, you know, I'd want to listen to music videos and watch music videos. And then if a song came on that I didn't want, it was like, all right, cool. And we're back to sports. But... Um, one of the interesting parts you just brought up was your mom. So your mom was, you know, younger than my parents, obviously. So she, she kind of had the foot on the ground or ear on the ground when it came to modern music and just modern things. And one of the earliest memories or one of the funniest stories I remember is my, I got my parents to get me Kid Rock, American Badass. And, um... You know, this was back when The Undertaker, as I alluded to earlier, you and I were both big wrestling fans, was coming out to uh, to um, American Badass by Kid Rock. That was his theme song. And uh, I was like, all right, cool. I want the Kid Rock album. My parents bought it. And literally within a couple of weeks after your mom found out that you and I were listening to Kid Rock at like, what, six, seven years old maybe, I remember she told my parents, and I remember my mom coming in the room and was like, hey, where's the Kid Rock album? Took it away. I didn't see it again for like two years, and I finally found it in one of the easiest places. It was in their damn CD collection that they had in their entertainment center on the living room, and I remember like eight years old just being like, oh, 
well, this is where this fucking went. Well, cool. I'm about to listen to this again. So that's just like one of the funny little nuggets I have of uh, good old Vanessa. So uh, if she does happen to listen to this, no love lost for you getting my parents to take away Kid Rock from me. But uh, it's just, it's funny. Shout out to my mom because, I mean, she, she drove me out there quite a bit. So, you know. <laughs> oh, dude, but that's, that's awesome. So, um. You know, I guess once you got into high school, I, I think that's where the taste really started to devolve into more out there kind of music, not so much the normal things you'd hear on the radio. You used to kind of dig deep and find other music. And I think, and I could be wrong on this, but I feel like MySpace was a big catalyst for that. Because I remember when MySpace became a thing, like you used to constantly say, hey, check these guys out, um, whoever it may be. Uh, and, you know, because social media started, you know, evolving into more and we, you and I had more access to it. I think that's when you really started to kind of expand on your, on your musical taste, if you will. And that's kind of where this all started a snowball effect, I, I guess I would say. Well, it definitely, you definitely touched on like the access and that's what it was. It was access to a, like a, a billion genres at once. And, um, you know, you can go through, you can spend a whole day, you know, going through, I mean, I used to spend, I used to spend hours going through MySpace music and then going on, uh, you, you remember the good old LimeWire oh, and, yeah. uh, and, like, FrostWire and, uh, Kazaa. I mean, come on. I mean, anybody listening to this probably remembers that, too. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, you know, go listen to it on MySpace, come back, download it. It's on my iPod. It's on a CD. It's on a whatever you know. It's on mixed CDs from our from our friends. Like that. That was like that was my high school years, definitely like to a T. You know. Well, what's cool too is aside from going out there and finding the music, you were still very in tune with a lot of the popular stuff. Like, you know, one of the one of the tracks which we were talking about before this started on your uh, on the mixtape you created was you singing and of course altering the voice a little bit because as i said it's very like spacey man on the moonish uh kid cuddy type sound type vibe to it real cool stuff but one of the tracks that i was kind of like eh on um and it honestly was the only track that i was like oh, okay that's a little too out there for me but one of the things you were doing was singing uh what was it freak out by avril lavigne in the background no, that's the song you want it to be, um, because I, I love that song as well, but um, it is, um, no, it's uh, complicated. Oh, that's right, that's right, that's right, my bad, my bad. Yeah, yeah. But, um, I really, I really use that part because I just like the lyrics for what they are. Like, if you, if you read those lyrics, you know, it might, it might make you um, be a little uh, self-introspective a little bit, be like, oh yeah, I guess I should chill out, you know? <laughs> No, and I, I mean, Avril, anything Avril, I'm, I, I've, I've always been a huge fan. You and I both have always been huge fans of Avril Lavigne, um, which that's, a, I guess that's another cool part about this, because even with the, this, uh, this album being very, very Kid Cudi-esque, it's, you come from such a wide range of music. Like, I know you like the boy bands. I know you like the pop princesses like Avril. I know you like the 90s hip-hop genre that you know there really isn't a genre that if you went on buddy's playlist or buddy's old itunes account whatever it is like just wide ranging literally any genre under the sun you can think of it was there so um but talking about the inspiration behind 
behind this uh, this album, this mixtape, if you will. What's uh, how long did it take you to construct it? You know, talk about the process of doing it. What influenced it? All those things. Um, so, well, first of all, um, you mentioned that I like to um, be aware of pop music, um, and that's like definitely. I mean, my first concert was Britney Spears. Let that be on record. Um, <laughs> With, with my mother, yeah, so, uh, with, with, with my pregnant mother, actually, so, you know, let, let people know that, um, so there's definitely, you know, I, but, you know, I come from New Orleans, uh, I listen to everything, there's everything being played around me, I mean, people bump music up and down the street constantly, so you're always hearing new stuff, even, I remember, I remember even just being in high school, and somebody drove by and was blaring, uh, Ratchet by Boosie, and I was like, I gotta go download that, obviously, <laughs> So, but, um, but, uh, so making the music, um, I really, I really buckled down probably about last summer and made real purchases of like MIDI keyboards and, um, um, software to put on my computer, uh, really, you know, like committed to it because I really wanted, I mean, like you said, I've always been, um, you know, music adjacent, I guess, if you want to say, right. Um, so I guess the next step for me that I figured would be to, uh, contribute my own uh, style, you know, or, you know, draw, I mean, everything is inspired by everything, right? So, you know, you're never too original, but, uh, but, uh, yeah, so just trying to incorporate my own sound, um, but to make it how long it took, mm, that's a good question. I want to say from, like, last summer till about this winter, and that was me, like, stretching it out, and, you know, I mean, you could, you could, you can go back and edit music and all that um, till your hair falls out, you know? You'd be making decisions all day. Um, but, uh, yeah, it took about, yeah, last summer to about the winter, and then I really uh, uh, mastered, mastered things out on, and like, for the new year. Uh, and, um, yeah, because I remember, I think, I think I even told you that it was going to come out around the fall. Mm-hmm. And I ended up, I ended up pushing it back because I had, I wanted, it was just other things adding more things and working on the album art you know that's also another thing that I took upon myself was that I wanted to do everything for it so like you know there's no features there's no nothing I just it's all me you know I wanted to show what I could do and this is also me learning how to play music at all uh, and and like record music so what you're hearing here is my first attempt at music so um, you know hopefully it goes up from there but uh, yeah my influence draw, draw from hip-hop, pop, uh, bounce music, uh, house music, you know, um, trap, uh, like hard EDM, like, I mean, I'm really, uh, I'm really sad during this quarantine that we got canceled, um, or festivals got canceled, because, like, those are my, like, church, you know, (laughs) that's like, that's that's, like gatherings of people who you want to be around, it's like people loving the same thing you want to be, and, you know, and that's, um, yeah, so, you know, just, uh, drawing from every genre I can, and, um, everything that I love. I mean, I even have like guitars on there. You know, I love I love old rock music. I, love, I mean, you know, you and I used to listen to your uh, to your dad's collection. I remember. You know, we, we used to blast that up in the van. <laughs> yeah. Oh, dude. I mean, Beach Boys, Creedence, Clearwater Revival, all those things. And that's what's cool, man. Is uh, you know all the things we had in common growing up. Which I mean, you know, you've been my best friend since I was four. So those things 
were wide ranging from wrestling to sports to video games to music. You know, we were very cohesive, and that's why we always got along. Um, but you know, it's it's cool to kind of see that unfold. And one of the things that I, you know, I'm excited that you got this put out there is, and you know, like you said, you you invested your time, you invested your money in these programs. You know, it's kind of the same thing I do with this. Um, you know, we're recording from equipment that I spent my own money on. And, you know, I built and designed a website for myself. So I, I completely get that building it from the ground up because I've experienced the side of it where I got told how to write. I got told what I should write. I got told what it needed to look like, how it needed to sound it or how it needed to sound. And I just, I didn't like that. So Having this, having Hotard Huddle is sort of the outlet for me. It it feels great, man. It's um you take a lot of pride in it. And you know, of course I'm I'm always open for criticism and I'm always open to hear, you know, comments or something more people might like to see. You've been one of the people who have contributed to all those things. So that's always great. So I I just think it's awesome and I'm absolutely proud of you for putting that out there because, you know, when it comes to any kind of art, whether that be writing, whether that be music or uh, photography, whatever it may be, it always falls back on kind of the past experiences of the person that's creating those moments or creating that content. So um, no, I think it's really awesome. So before we move any further in this, what, give us the skinny, the title, all that stuff and where people can find it. Yeah, so uh, I haven't even talked about my actual artist name. My artist name is Tangent Infinity. Um, and I'll admit that the first part, Tangent, came from a little corny place. And I ain't going to lie, but I, I like fell into it and I fell in love with it. Uh, tangent, it, I actually broke it down as tan gent, like a tan gentleman. That's me, right? Nice. Um, but um, uh, the Infinity part kind of came after because I'm like, I am... I, I really am into space stuff. Like, it's just getting more and more like that, you know? Um, uh, I, I'm, I'm working on, like, a space sleeve on my on my arm, and, um, <laughs> you know, I sent you that picture of the satellite on my head. So yeah. that's there. Um, so, you know, it's just getting to that point where everything is space, but I, I don't even mean it to be. It's kind of just falling into that, you know? I mean, my, my phone is called a Samsung Galaxy. Isn't that, isn't that weird? <laughs> Boil it down to the cell phone. Which, I mean, it, it fits. It fits because you and I were talking about this before we started recording. And, you know, as I said, you know, you and I have known each other since we were four years old. And we met because your your grandpa coached my sisters in soccer. And that's how we met. And that's where the friendship 
took off, you know, would would spend weekends in Dallas, in um, Orlando, in Houston, wherever it may be, traveling for these tournaments. So we used to spend a lot of hours together, and that's kind of where it all started, where it all took off. But, you know, when you mention kind of always being off-center of that circle and the reason behind the name Tangent, we were talking about growing up, you know, you were always kind of kind of the outcast, so to speak, and that's how you always kind of felt uh, when it came to, you know, social life because I remember growing up, like, you know, you didn't get heavily into sports. That was never a thing, and, you know, in the 90s, that was life for kids for us, you know. Sports were pretty much the epicenter for, you know, social and just, I, I guess, social confines. Um, so that was never your thing. Um, so, you know, I, I guess that, that feeling of being, you know, off center, I, I think it's really cool. You tied that back into the name alone. Um, so, you know, kudos to that because even the title, like, uh, you know, Hotard Huddle and what this blog's devolved into, um, you know, kind of the same thing. Like I want this, everything that I put my hand on to be strictly me i don't want it to be someone else's voice so uh you know i respect the hell out of that i think that's awesome and i I noticed the name when i listened to the album tangent infinity and it's it's a cool name man like it it pops it it flows and you know breaking it down to something as simple as the name for something that that means the world just because you want it to be catchy and I, i think you pretty much hit the nail on the head with that one Oh, yeah, there was some brainstorming involved, you know. I mean, I think I was a few other names beforehand. <laughs> um, but, uh, you know, and I really wanted to, you know what happened was I wanted to be Tangent at first because I wanted to be a one-word name like um, Madonna or Cher or something. But uh, then I just I just decided that um, it kind of fit a little more with the Infinity part. And, uh, yeah, uh, oh, but you, so you, you were saying um, the name of the album is called Hi There. I decided to keep it totally simple because this is my introduction. This is my first attempt at, at music, um, and I just wanted to um, I wanted to not think so much, so hard on that. Because I feel like you can get really, uh, really uh, go off the deep end going for names. You know, that, that'll, that'll stick. I just really went with "Hi there," period. That's it. You know, um, and this is what I have to offer. And you know, hopefully, you can uh, join me in this little ride that I will be bringing you on. You know, so. <laughs> Dude, hell yeah, man. And you know, simplicity is, that's something I think I've learned a lot more at, at this kind of point in my life, because one of the biggest struggles, I guess, you know, playing off of your point of being able to keep it simple, I had lost all my confidence for writing, and I've written about this in multiple of my blogs um, because of what happened with me in my first job. You know, I lost that confidence, so writing an 800-word column or article became a three or four hour process and you know one of the one of the criticisms I've actually gotten for my blog is it's too long a lot of the times but uh, I also want my blogs to be unique I want them to be in depth because if I if I want to have a conversation about something I don't want to engage in small talk. I don't want it to be vague. I want everything I do to be in depth. So I guess playing off of that point of uh, simplicity in the simplest terms, you know, 
because of how in depth I am, that is the simplest term that I can define myself as, so to speak. So, um, you know, even if people get turned off by how long or how in depth my blogs are, I just don't let that affect me. So, you know, because there are other people on the other side who are like, no, dude, I appreciate that. I love that you teeter on both sides of the line. I like that you state out all the numbers that you have behind your points. Um, So it's just about finding that voice, finding that balance. And if you can find that, um, you know, it, it can, I guess the word I'm looking for is, you know, not oversaturate what you're trying to convey in your message or whatever it may be. So, um, and for me, I think choosing titles for albums, one of the biggest things I struggle with on my blog is coming up with headlines. So coming up with album titles, dude, that would be a shit show for me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, you know, um, I'm hoping my magnum opus is uh, way far ahead of me. You know, like I'm hoping that, um, down the road, there's some album name that I came up with and the album art that I came up with that um, is on t-shirts like 80 years after the fact, you know? After I die, people are still wearing those like that like album art. Like Even if it's just the one, I'd just be like, yo, I had that one though, you know? Yeah. Hey man, just like in the Little Giants. One time, baby. Um, but, you know, I guess going back to kind of what we started talking about with with you and kind of how you brought up one of the ironic things that happened at some point in our lives as i said earlier you were always kind of that that outcast because of the lack of sports and stuff like that you just you weren't involved in any of those things i always was but the ironic part is and i just wrote and the only reason i'm bringing this up for those listening is i just wrote a column about this you know and i think it's funny because buddy's comment on it was yeah you sound like a complete dad in it and i'm like well good that's what i was going for so um (laughs) exactly so i you know i wrote about my experience in sports you know, I played growing up. I, I played for a lot of coaches who gave me plenty of opportunities. And then I reached the school level, middle school, high school, and it just all fell apart. Whereas with you, um, it's interesting because I remember, I still remember in seventh grade, you, you know, you and I used to sit and talk on the phone while watching wrestling. And we literally used to talk on the phone pretty much nightly. Um, you know, I remember you in seventh grade telling me, yeah, think I'm gonna try out for the wrestling team I was like oh well shit that makes sense I mean yeah hell yeah go for it and I remember that being your thing and you sort of found your niche with wrestling I mean I can't remember exactly how you you know as far as how you finish your career I can't remember if you actually won state or not but I know you meddled multiple times um so it's just kind of interesting how the how the narrative changed on you and I's, uh, you know, ath- athletic career. Basically, you know, you had one, I didn't. So I always found that to be ironic, uh, just in in terms of our friendship because of how it always was and how quickly it kind of changed. So um, I just always found that interesting, and I think it plays into that whole this whole album of you know and this whole gimmick or moniker you're sort of creating um with tangent infinity of being basically the person who's off center but the person who's off center sometimes makes it and i think that plays back into you know what you're kind of saying with the 
you know, I hope someone wears my shirt, even if it's just one thing that I create. So I think that's awesome. Yeah, I mean, so, okay, so I guess I'll bring up my sports um, history. I mean, it's not, it's not too, too in-depth. I mean, I was a video game nerd uh, to begin with. But it was really, yeah, eighth grade for me was when I, well, shout out to um, Coach Hess for being such a good salesman because that dude, <laughs> sold, that dude sold me on wrestling like like none other. Um, and, uh, I mean, I love him for it, but at the same time, I was like, whoa, I got freaking tricked into this, but here I go. Because um, <laughs> uh, I think he even brought up, like, oh, you, you didn't get to go to Disneyland um, as, like, a team. And I'm like, wow, I've never been to Disneyland. That's pretty cool. <laughs> Do that. We're going to Disneyland. Yeah, right. So I mean, I was like, oh yeah, that sounds cool. So I mean, I guess kudos for uh, luring me in because I mean, I learned a lot from uh, wrestling. Um, now the highest I placed uh, was third my senior year in state, um, but I did get uh, second in the southeast region with summer wrestling um, with Greco Greco Roman and freestyling because uh, that's that's more um, Olympic level. Um, wrestling, Olympic style wrestling, uh, for anyone who watches the Olympics. Um, so that's, that's more of what I used to like to with the summer stuff. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I remember playing sports with you growing up, man. I used to just like, I either, I either got frustrated or just gave up because I'd be like, dude, everybody out here is way better than me. It's crazy. And then, um, you know, during those wrestling years, I remember I used to go back and play football and, and basketball with y'all and you'd be like, and you'd be like, where'd you get the speed from? Where's the strength coming from? <laughs> you know? <laughs> and uh, and uh, I was, you were just, like, uh, baffled by, like, how much I had caught up, I guess, in, in, in like, a way. Um, well, dude, it almost happened essentially overnight. Like, because, uh, you know, you talk about that. You used to always play sports with us, and, you know... Like you said, there was just there was just a drop off, I guess. But you you know you'd still go out there, fucking give it hell, and do your best. And that's you know what we're out there doing is just having a good fucking time playing baseball in the front yard, whatever it may be. Um, but you know one of the things that I think is interesting, and I'll give you the credit for this one because one of the things that people always talk about, uh, at least like people I play sports with, and they sort of make fun of me for it. But it's not in a sense of make fun of me because it looks bad. It's more of in a sense of it looks bad, but it works. Um, you know, in flag football, one of the things I'm known for, in addition to the stupid pump fake that I do, it's the spin move. And I literally remember being in my front yard playing tackle football with you. I don't remember who the hell we were playing against, but you and I were on a team. This was after you were you know, sort of reach that the athletic level to where you could basically compete with anybody. And I remember, you know, we ran a play, I threw you the ball, and dude, you just hit a fucking spin move on someone and just made them eat shit for it. And I remember seeing that, I was just like, oh, fuck, I need to try that one day. And then I started trying it when I'd play, and dude, it just became second nature and never left me, so... For anyone listening, um, you know, Lance or Danny or any of the guys that I play flag football with on the regular, yeah, it was this guy who I stole the spin move, spin move from, basically, although yours obviously looked a hell of a lot more athletic than mine, but I always found that to be kind of funny. I mean, shout out to Reggie Bush for inspiring me. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, we used to, we used to, that was around a time where he was playing, he was being like the, uh, the front man of NCAA and, 
that's all I would see him do is spin moves. I'd be like, hey, sometimes he would spin like three, four times in one play. So, you know, I, that's so I, I think, and then like his, uh, I think his, um, his back plate used to kind of like fly up and I'd be like, oh, that looks cool. Cause he's like, he's like, he's, he's, like, he's, like, a, he's like a tornado, you know? So I'd be like, yeah, I'll do that. And, uh, yeah, so shout out to Reggie Bush for that. <laughs> that's great. Fucking backplate is what you took away from that. Um, <laughs> but no, man. So, um, you know, uh, one of the, I guess one of the other cool parts about you and I growing up. So let's, we'll dive a little bit more into the wrestling, I guess, because obviously the parallel for me when you told me that you were going to dive into wrestling was, um, you and I were both such big WWF, WWE, and then WCW fans growing up. Like you and I literally had, and I texted you this about a year ago or maybe a year and a half ago, but you and I literally had like our WWE careers planned out. And every new game that came out, our name stayed the same, would basically adopt the same look we had in the games. Like I just remember... Like the whole the whole moniker of this was you were gonna be some powerhouse. I was just gonna be this off the rails high flyer, if you will. And uh, you know, from the finishing moves to the look to the names, which I'm a little too embarrassed to admit the names on air here. But um, so so we won't. People can be left with that. They won't know the names. But I remember texting you um, about a about a year year and a half ago, and I was like. Yeah, so I'm bored playing video games, playing WWE 2K19 or 18, whatever it was. I was like, check out what I created. And there it was, both of us tag teamed up with the gold. And I was just like, yeah, this is actually a lot of fun. And uh, it just kind of brought back the memories. Because, dude, you, you and I used to spend fucking hours, you know, whether it was WWF No Mercy, WWF WrestleMania 2000, and then later it became... SmackDown, shut your mouth. SmackDown, here comes the pain. We used to create our guys, run career modes with them, and that was that. Um, Immediately. Yeah, like, it was instant. It was like, all right, cool, got the game. I'm not playing it until I create my damn character first, and that was our thing. Um, So the day that, you know, you told me you were going to become a wrestler, you know, it it just clicked. It made sense. It it fit you just because... The other side of this, too, again, keeping with the theme of, you know, sort of the off-center, being the outcast, if you will, wrestling's not really the mainstream sport. You know, it's it's not football, it's not baseball, it's not basketball. It's not really talked about. In fact, one of the guys that you and I both know, uh, Brandon Abair, I think he wrestled at uh, Brother Martin. Yeah, like, dude, he hit me up or messaged on, commented on Facebook or something, and he was like, oh, how the hell do you two know each other? And I'm like, yeah, dude, like it's one of my best friends grew up with him. Cause uh, you know, he's one of the guys who always gives me shit. Cause I don't talk enough about, you know, actual wrestling on here. And I'm like, yeah, I don't know enough about it. Sorry. But it, it's, it's kind of the outcast sport, so to speak, but you did it and you were successful at it. So again, it's just like all that parallel of being the outcast and it sort of plays back into what you're creating with the music. Yeah, no, that's kind of funny that you that you paralleled that because that's exactly what I was going to say. You know, wrestling is a sport full of outcasts, kind of. Uh, it, a lot of people uh, told me that, you know, they couldn't catch it or, like, throw a ball so they would come over to wrestling. <laughs> so, I mean, most most everyone at, at Rumble during my time there 
wrestled at least a day, at least came out and tried out. And that's, yeah, that's because we used to, we used to roll through people, man. Like, you know, they would come in and we would have like a three, four hour practice. They'd be like, nope, out of here. I'm like, yeah, and I, I get it. <laughs> Dude, it's fucking work, man. I mean, I remember. I remember you, Mark, Matt, like all those guys um, that we used to hang out with in high school. Uh, you know, I remember I was hanging out with Mark one day, and you know he was sucking on now and later spitting so he could make weight for the next meet. And I, you know, I remember you talking about you either having to abstain from eating and stuff like that. Just all kinds of different things you had to put your body through in order to do what was expected of you. And I, you know, it's, dude, that's a gruesome fucking sport. Cause I remember, you know, watching you and, like I said, other mutual friends go through it. And I'm just like, dude, fuck that. Like, no way in hell could you get me to do that. It's, it, it's, you know, just, it takes its toll on you physically, mentally, the whole nine. And, I remember having this conversation with you shortly after you graduated, um, and that was, yeah, dude, like, I'm just a lot happier now, because I, I, I know it wasn't, I wouldn't say it was full-blown depression, but I know that there were just a lot of things weighing down on your shoulders, and once you finished up with wrestling, obviously, you were proud of the career, but I remember you just being like, yeah, dude, like, I can finally breathe again, basically. Oh, yeah. Well, you know, I guess going back on it, and this is probably most wrestlers will tell you, they wish they could do it differently. I guess at least even the diet part for me personally, because, I mean, I was I was a picky eater, and I used to, like, show up overweight all the time. I mean, it was easy for me, for me to lose weight, but, was, like, like, I knew what I, what I had to do to lose weight. And so, you know, I would, I would, I would worry that, about that a little more than I needed to. So um, I guess if I had to... Um, put any advice out there to any future wrestlers be like uh just to uh eat vegan during the season and you should be all right (laughs) well dude what's crazy too is because of how much like 2020 compared to 2008 which is when you graduated so much has changed so much so much more information's out there and that's i literally told someone this the other day and this is kind of what i conveyed in the column i just wrote talking about being a bench warmer and that's Dude, I do things so much differently now. If I took what I know now back then, and I think that's, I, I mean, I think that's most people, not just our generation, but every generation, just because, dude, I mean, you and I are on the the right side of life here. I mean, when you think about it, barring any crazy, you know, crazy thing happening to us, you know, you and I are on the right side of our livelihood or on the right side of our lives here just because we have so much left to live. And when you boil it down, so you and I are both both approaching 30. And, you know, you think about it back then, and it's crazy just because at 15, it was essentially half of our lifetime. So now you take the whole second half of our lifetime thus far. And if you applied that back then, oh, dude, I think all of us would be in a much better place. <laughs> Oh, yeah, no doubt. I mean, you know, we're definitely fortunate to be where we're at right now. I mean, we're fortunate that you and I can talk on this podcast right now, even even though it is remotely, you know, like, we're just still fortunate. I mean, uh, you know, it's just, uh, just gotta, you know, learn to live with our decisions and go for, go on, go, go forward and learn from them and, uh, you know, hope, I guess, uh, so one of my, my, the wrestling coach that, that lured me, and I say lured, but like, you know, recruited me to be in wrestling, uh, he, 
he had a motto of just get 1% better, you know, every day that you come in here, you know, so, and that's kind of like what I would like to apply to life too, you know, like, you know, if you just get 1%, that's it, like, that's it, like, all you got to do is one thing better that you did yesterday, you know, and uh, hopefully things will pile on that way, you know. Well, it plays off the principle of not trying to do too much at once because that's when people get trapped. That's when people sort of fall into, you know, failure, if you will. And not that anything's wrong with failing because even if you're doing the best you can, even if theoretically speaking you're succeeding, there are going to be failures along the way, whether it be outside factors, whether it be on your own accord. You know, there's there's just a lot of ABC that leads to XYZ, as I always say. Um but you know that's and that's that's one of the cool takeaways from sports and you know we you constantly hear people talk about sports and how they've used that to apply to their lives and you know you're seeing that with you right now by based off of what you just said essentially a coach telling you just try to get 1% better every day you know if you wake up with intention and just make this your best day yet yeah you're in a good place and you know obviously there are people out there who who deal with, you know, the mental health side of things where they they just physically and mentally can't do that. And of course, you know, you feel for those people, but, you know, you essentially for people that can do it, you want to be able to put that best foot forward every single day. So, um, you know, I think that's a cool quote and definitely one that, you know, I guess for you as an athlete obviously stood out to you. Yeah, but now, now it's just no. Now it's just a person out out in the world. You know, it definitely uh, means a little more now. So, for sure. Now, um, going away from from kind of the sports and upbringing, things like that. You know, I guess what I've seen from you within the last last ten years or so is not just the music, but the art side of things too. I alluded to this earlier. You know, you you sort of got into, I guess. Five, six years ago, maybe, you really started diving heavily heavily into art, um, doing like the whole psychedelic thing, doing painting, stuff like that. Um, and that's another big part that went into your album, so to speak. So kind of it, – it's just kind of crazy to me that you go from – because you, you and I were both big sports fans, video game fans. Art was really never the subject we – really took a big liking to growing up so to speak and now here it is it seems like that's pretty much where most of your interests lie as far as hobbies go whether it be music or or art like I said painting stuff like that so kind of how did that develop what kind of led you to that well I remember um back in you know grammar school I remember we used to like all my friends you know we we like thought we were really cool and stuff. We were really artsy at the same time. Like you know, uh, I remember we used to just we used to try to out out uh, draw each other. Is basically what we used to try to do. I remember back in grammar school, that's how it was. Um, and uh, I mean, I remember. I wish I had old sketches that I used to do back then because they were kind of good. I mean, I used to go off the pictures, but they would still be pretty uh, pretty detailed and pretty um, similar to what I was trying to draw. And um, I, I mean, I'm even getting back to drawing now. Uh, but I guess, uh, so I guess looking back on it, it started back then, but it really started to, um, come out of me, yeah, in the last, I would say seven, seven or eight years, yeah, it was really like that explosion of like, oh, I want to make stuff to like, 
I want to, I want to, I want to make things to make people feel something, you know, like that's kind of what I got to, you know, um, cause I just started looking around me and, um, like music wise and, uh, art wise. And I used to look around me and be like, well, you know, the, what's, what's the common denominator between me and the artist that is this was like, oh, we're just both people, right? We're both just human beings. Um, the only thing is that they actually did the, did, did the thing, right? They did a thing that they sought out to, to do, right? Um, they just made a plan, went with it. So I, I decided that I wanted to be part of that conversation um, and contribute my my own style and my own um, expression. You know, like art is just expression of self, right? Absolutely. So, you know, you just try to like, uh, if you focus on just trying to express yourself, whatever you're feeling, I mean, it kind of, it kind of comes a little naturally, um, more more natural than what people would think. You know, some people I hear a lot of people say, um, "Oh, I can't even draw. Like, I don't even know how you how you sit down and do that." I'm like, I just did the thing. That's what it is. Uh, you know, if you just focus in and um, you know, uh, I mean, I really don't consider myself like, like this incredible illustrator, but I mean, I think I can draw pretty decent. I'm actually getting back to it. Um, but like, yeah, like um, dipping my toes in painting, dipping my toes in. Um, um, you know, I guess distorted um, visual media. Um, like, um, I used to take pictures and distort them and flip them. And that's most of my Instagram from what you can see is like me taking a picture of something, uh, flipping it into something that I want it to be and uh, putting it out there for interpretation. Yeah. I have a lot of abstract things. That's kind of what I feel like my music has been um, uh, taken from as well. It's just this abstract, um, I mean, the whole album is. It was actually really hard to uh, set a genre to it when it came down to like categorize it uh, into all these streaming services uh, because I was I, you know I take, took a listen I'm just like you know there's obviously hip hop bass right there's like a hip hop like you can clearly feel that but then there's like house songs right there's pop vocals on there there's you know um, there's uh, there's drowned out sounds like they have dark music I have. I have peaks and valleys throughout the entire thing, you know, I think it's only about 11 songs, but, uh, you know, I'd like to think that it took you for a ride, you know, it's kind of like a roller coaster, right? So, um, yeah, I just like to think that um, I could keep doing that and keep improving on that, keep getting 1% better, right, like you said, and um, and um, hopefully, yeah, like I said earlier, ho- hopefully my best work is uh, yet ahead of me. Absolutely, man. Now, you know, with the, uh relating back to what you said about the Instagram and going through it and finding a lot of pictures, dude, I remember a picture from beer fest that you and I took maybe like 20, 2013 or 2014. You and I got a picture together when we went to beer fest, which why that event doesn't still happen. I don't know. I love that fucking event, but, um, you and I had a picture together. Cause that, that sort of became like one of our annual things. I remember you went, uh, one year and I didn't go, but I, I remember asking you about it and just being like, Oh, well, that's cool. I like beer, you know, next year, let me know. And then when it was coming, that was something you and I kind of look forward to every year because I was, you know, in Thibodeau most of the time. So I'm, I'm not exactly in new Orleans. So, you know, that was one of our, our annual things that we did. And, uh, I remember one of the pictures on your Instagram was from that and you distorted it, you know, uh, I think you cut off the heads of the picture or like halfway through as if, you know, you basically split the top half of a uh, Terrence and Phillip doll. Um, but, uh, <laughs> I, you know, I remember you doing that and that's, that was probably very early on 
in terms of when you started getting into the art side of it. But I think it's really cool that you mentioned, you know, growing up in school and, you know, trying to outdraw your classmates because you sort of accidentally found something you were good at back then that you kind of just jumped back to in life. So I think that's a very cool parallel. Yeah, um, it's funny because, uh, you know, growing up, uh, yeah, I was, I was, I would say pretty, pretty sports oriented, um, at least, you know, just aware at least, uh, from about like, I guess like 10 maybe and on, uh, but, uh, it's funny because sports is very, um, there is a clear winner and there is a clear loser, right? But with art, you know, going, like, just thinking back to, like, how we used to just, quote, unquote, how to draw each other, you know, um, really we were just sharpening our tools and, like, because art's never really uh, a contest, right? I mean, that's why I kind of, it's kind of hard to have art contests, right? Because everything is different. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> uh, so it's just funny how I, I flipped the script on that. I went from the most competitive uh, mindset, um, you know, as someone, I couldn't even, I couldn't even lose uh, as, like, Madden without feeling a certain type of way, right? Um and like nowadays, like I kind of dabble in Madden. I'm just like, oh, you know, it's fine. But I'd rather be, uh, you know, making something or you know, I kind of, I kind of use um, Madden as my escape for uh, you know, even just like video games, just to be in like escape and like so I can like recharge to go back and create. You know. Yeah, I mean, it's you know, with Madden and stuff like that. I mean, you and I grew up playing. Uh, a lot of those sports video games early on. I think the first, you know, I think when you and I really started taking off in the sports video game realm with NFL 2K2, if I'm not mistaken, or 2K1, um, I remember you had uh, those for Sega Dreamcast. And, you know, I remember playing against you and then Joe, obviously, your uh, your stepdad. Um, you know, we we used to play against him and, you know, once he used to always wipe the floor with us whenever we'd play, and then it got to a certain point in time where you and I just got good because that's all we'd freaking play. And then I remember the first time, you know, you and I beat him. He was just like, "Man, the fuck!" <laughs> but, but we had, we had finally caught up. Right, we finally caught up. But you and I, dude, like for the longest time, that was our thing. We used to just sit there and hop on two K Madden NCAA and just play the hell out of each other, and. Now, like you said, you kind of use it as a means to unwind until you get back to creating, and and it's kind of similar to me. You know, a lot of my create my creativity um, comes throughout the day. You know, I find I'm most creative really between the hours of like two p.m. to five p.m. That's when I feel like I get the best writing done, and then obviously. You know, once it's once it's family time, we do that, whatever the case may be. And then, uh, you know, at night, that's sort of when I really, after everyone goes to bed, I'll jump on the video games, either play Call of Duty or uh, start up a franchise on, you know, a sports video game, play wrestling, whatever it may be, whatever I'm in the mood for. But again, it's sort of that unwind factor. Now, I'm sure I play a hell of a lot more than you do, but... Um, Again, it it, it kind of just, like you said, it just kind of re-sparks that creativity, gives you a second to just kind of turn it off. Because when you're creating things, whether it be art, whether it be, you know, the columns I write or the videos I make, dude, there's so much brain power that goes into that. And that's the damn truth of it, you know? And you talked about earlier how with music, there's always something you can find tweak. Dude, I constantly, constantly will go back and look at some of my old blogs 
And I just sit there and I'm like, ah, missed opportunity because it would have sounded much better if I said this. Like there are certain sentences that I'll construct that are in that are in passive voice. And then I think of another word that I could have used to replace it and it just gives it that much more power. So uh, I completely get where you're coming from, from a standpoint of, you know, utilizing that brain power and needing to just kind of shut it off sometimes. Cause dude, like, honestly, there are days where I'm just like, it won't shut off. And I think those days have come far and few between now, now that I'm kind of settled in with work, with the blog and everything like that. But you know, I went through a little transition period with work, so I turned to blogging to kind of help help ease that tension, if you will. So between work, relaunching the blog and everything like that, dude, there were just days where my brain was fucking fried beyond belief. I mean, you know, uh, going back to your point about going back to edit and, and tweak things after the fact, uh, you know, it doesn't happen just to amateur people, you know, just to show you that, uh, I'll give you an example, Kanye West, right? You might you might have heard of him. Um, <laughs> he 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 released an album called The Life of Pablo back in 2016, right? Mm-hmm. That's, that's that's four years ago. And as far as I know, last year he was still going back and editing it. As as far as I know, like three three years ago. I mean, three years after the fact, right? Yeah. Uh, so I mean, that just goes to show you that you can really drive yourself insane to go. Uh, to to be perfect, right? So I think you just had to like always remember that um, perfection is unattainable because perfection is a is a state of mind and is a, is, it comes from um, per- perceptions. Different people perceive uh, perceive things differently, right? Um, so you know what 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 could be perfect to you might be you know um, the rough draft of somebody else. You know, so you just always have to like uh, uh, believe what you're doing and um, just committing and moving forward, right? Well, I guess uh, playing back to your name, perfect is an infinity, man. It's, I mean, it's it's never ending. There's always going to be things you could do differently, which you would have done differently. So, um, and that's with anything that goes beyond art. That's that's life. But um, overall, man, uh, you know, is there anything you'd like to add before we wrap up here? Um, I guess uh, I just hope everyone is doing well during this quarantine. Um, this is, uh, the most traumatic thing that our species has gone through, um, during society's time like this. So I just hope everyone is taking care of themselves, not just physically, but mentally. Um, and, uh, I need everyone to believe that we will make it through this together. Cause I mean, we are in this together, right? So I just hope, um, I hope everyone's staying safe, wash your hands, um, don't touch your face, uh, <laughs> You know, um, but uh, uh, yeah, hope, hope, hopefully we all come out of this very uh, uh, loving each other a little more because we missed each other, you know? Well, dude, it's interesting you bring that up before we wrap up just because I was having this exact conversation with somebody the other day. And I mean, realistically speaking, this is, you know, one of the most tragic events of our generation's lifetime for sure. I mean, 9-11 obviously being the first that people our age can really remember that really gripped us and put a stranglehold on America to just kind of come together. Um, and then I guess today's political climate, hopefully once this all does subside, you know, hopefully it'll give us that sense of togetherness, even if it's just for a week or two weeks, just because we're going to need it after this, man. It's been rough. You and I were talking about the whole quarantine beforehand. Um, 
and dude it's it's tough for a lot of people and you know some worse than others i certainly have been okay all things considered there's plenty of people that have it worse than i do out there but it doesn't make it any easier being cooped up all day especially for a social person like myself um so yeah for sure i get that and uh other than that uh one more time uh for my friend mike buddy check out uh his album and buddy take it away you know recap the name title and where they can find it so the artist's name is tangent infinity t-a-n-g-e-n-t infinity and you can and the name of the album is hi there and you can call you can actually find it on all the streaming platforms it's on youtube it is on spotify apple music uh deezer uh even title uh soundcloud it's all there uh follow me um I have Instagram as well, at Tangent Infinity. Uh, I'll be posting more of my artwork there moving forward and uh, uh, keeping my personal one personal. Uh, so um, if you want to learn more about my music and how my progress is going to be going, uh, that's where you can find me. I don't have Facebook. I'm off of there. Ewey. Um, <laughs> so, Ewey. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, so follow me on Facebook, and um, uh, I hope... Uh, I hope you can give it a listen, and any uh, critique is actually welcomed. I mean, I can only get better if people tell me what's wrong with it, right? So uh, give me a holler. And the good thing about this uh, album is that I haven't gotten uh, the same answer uh, as far as favorite song across the board from people who have listened to it. They've given me different answers. So um, I feel like that that, that goes well as far as um, the audience I can reach. So uh, And hopefully it'll go forward and up from here. So. Absolutely, man. So again, that's uh, that's Michael Buddy, also known as Tangent Infinity. Check out his album, and uh, I thank you for coming on the show, man. It's been a blast, and as always, honor the huddle. Hey, welcome to the bonus track. Uh, I just wanted to say something I couldn't say before. I just didn't think to anyway, um, but I love this dude. I'm proud of him. Um, Michael Hotar is, is, a, is a brother to me. He will always be um and i hope uh, y'all enjoy his podcast um i appreciate him having me um and i'm very proud of him very proud of the person that he's becoming as well uh you know he and i have known each other quite a while as you might have heard so um just wanted to show the love and uh peace thank you for tuning in to the hotard huddle podcast stay up to date with all the latest episodes released on the first and 15th of every month at hotardhuddle.com. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Hotard Huddle.